Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic and it has to do with your mindset. We're going to talk about the differences between having a poverty uh, mindset or a poor mindset versus a wealthy mindset and how changing the way that you think about uh, money, changing the way you think about uh, how that's handled or, or just how you run your life can really make a lot of a difference in the direction of your life. And so it's going to be a great topic and look forward to sharing it with you guys. All right, let's get into it. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in the pocket. We will not go quietly into the night. They tell me you're a man with true grit. I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done. Okay, so to start this off, like Jared said, we're going to be talking about mindset. And I think that mindset is extremely powerful. The power of the mind and the power of thinking and and uh, ha- how you perceive something, how you think about something can really um, direct your actions. Definitely. So a, a poverty mindset is a mindset that people develop over a time based on a strong belief that they never have enough money. Uh, it's This mindset is driven by fear and can cause many different things amongst poor uh, financial decision-making, poor family decisions, poor career decisions, poor um, uh, criminal decisions. It can, make, it can cause you to make lots of different uh, decisions in your life. With a mindset driven by fear, there can be no comfort nor commitment or nor contentment in your life. So if you're constantly driven by fear in your life, then... It, there can be no, um, I guess, feeling of, of being settled. There can be no comfort. And I think that fear is, uh, it, it's, it's a mindset. So just to talk some base numbers, in the United States, the poverty line for a household of four individuals that are living in a household, and these are just, I guess, extreme baselines of what the the government considers poverty, uh, someone in poverty. So for a household of four, it's $26,000. And for a household of six, it is $35,000. So that just kind of gives a baseline. But I think there are people, there are people that make $35,000 and are right at that poverty line. And there are people, household of four is Mm $26,000. And a household of Six is thirty five thousand. Yeah. Oh. And so there's people that, you know, maybe in a household of six that are making thirty thousand dollars or living below the poverty line, but potentially they have depending on their mindset, right? And and, and their actions too, uh, but they could be more wealthy potentially than someone who's making double that and spending everything. Because of the welfare services. Because, well, yeah, and 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 I think it's that that scarcity, and I think we're going to talk about this later. But that scarcity mindset of like you, you almost you're always in panic that that, that there's there's never enough, or you're never going to get it, or whatever else. So um, there are several different types of of poverty. Um, 
And we'll kind of, uh, I'm just going to walk through a couple of these. So absolute poverty, this is kind of known as extreme poverty or uh, let's say some of these like third world countries, right? It involves scarcity on the very basics of food, clean water, health, shelter, education, information. Uh, I mean, people are susceptible to um, uh, struggle even with, with life experiences. A lot of children die from preventable diseases. These are like, this is absolute poverty. This is like third, fourth world poverty, if that even I exists. I mean, this is like where they're like trying to basically just survive. Like their basic human needs, shelter, food, water. Yep. Number two is is relative poverty. This is defined more by the social perspective that is a, a living standard as compared to the population that lives around you. So if you live in New York City and the average income is $80,000 and you're making you know $50,000, $50,000 is still above the poverty line in the United States, but still it's... Um, You'd be poor. You'd be dirt poor in New York. Yeah, it's relative poverty. It's it's it's, you live in poverty relative to the uh, surroundings, uh, your surroundings, the environment around you. Everybody that lives in Bill Gates' neighborhood is poor. (laughs) Is dirt poor (laughs) relatively? Yeah. Um. So the next one is situational poverty. This is a more of a temporary type of poverty based on an occurrence, maybe a. Uh, an environmental disaster, a job loss, severe health problems. This can be something that's that can just completely drain you of uh, any any wealth that you potentially had just so that you could survive. This is uh, situational poverty. That's why you have that's why you have umbrella insurance. Yep, that's why you protect you, you against you need liabilities that. Yeah. yeah, I um, I was uh doing a um, uh, I was working with a guy. And uh, I bought some things from him that he was selling. And um, I'm purposely being cryptic here, but uh, I, I said, you know, why, why, <laughs> why, why are you selling these things? And he was like, well, uh, my daughter had, um, he, he goes, my daughter is, is pretty sick and we don't have any health, we didn't have any health insurance. And um, he goes, we've got some massive medical bills that we're trying to pay off and we're just like selling everything left and right. And so it was kind of like, I was like, oh shoot, well, I feel bad. I'm taking advantage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, uh, that's situational poverty. I mean, you're in a situation This was my you... grandfather's. Here you go. And you're like, oh, <laughs> No, it, it was nothing like that. <laughs> um, so the next one is, is generational poverty. Uh, this is basically handed over from individual to individual or families from one generation to another. It's kind of like, you know, a lot of people talk about generational welfare, yeah. right? It's like you're, this is, this is how grandma did it. And this is how grandpa did it. And this is how mom does it. And this is how the kids do it. And it's just, it's just, it's almost bred into their, their lifestyle. They just live. I don't even want to say lazy, but it's just people are just bred into in their it's almost nurture versus nature and it's just more common if you grow up in a certain situation or you grow up always being told one thing oh you can do it this way you can do it this way you can you can get on disability or you can do this or you can do that you can ride the system you can ride the system then you're just going to be you're trained to do that your whole life then that's all you know and you're going to do it and then you're going to teach the same thing to your kids potentially yeah um 
the next two are very similar. Uh, there's r- rural poverty, which is basically living in like areas where there's not very many people. This living population is less than 50,000 people. There's not many jobs. There's not really any services. You're just... It, maybe you're living out in the middle of the country. This is you like don't the have, mountains of Appalachia, like West Virginia. Yeah, you're just like that. you're just living there to just survival, really. I mean, you don't really have good quality education. You live so far away from schools. You don't have transportation to get there, and so it's just kind of rural poverty. Urban poverty is a little bit different. This is more like I don't know. You live in the projects. Yeah, you live in the projects. There's there's way too many people. You have limited access to health care or education. You got inadequate housing and services. It's dirty. You've got a uh, violent and very unhealthy environment uh, for those around you, gangs or whatever else it may be. Extreme overcrowding and um, little to no social protection against uh, what's going on. It kind of reminds me of... Um, uh, What's that? The the baseball, baseball movie? movie with Nick Cannon Reeves? Yeah. Yeah. Was it a uh, uh, hardball? Hardball. Yeah. Yeah. Hardball. I love it when you call, call me Big, Big Papa, Papa. Right. Yeah. And then he takes it. He, he. I mean, he's a white guy, right? And he's he's coaching this. He's actually Asian. Okay. So <laughs> and he's coaching this half um, Asian, half white. I think he's coaching this this baseball team um, of these kids that live basically in, in the projects, inner city kids, yeah, yeah. inner city kids. I think it's New York or. Philly or something like that, but they, they live in some rough neighborhoods. Remember, he he takes one of the kids home, and it's at night, and he's all. I mean, it's like everybody's there's fires, and he's there's people running around and everything. So he takes his kid home, and he walks him up to his apartment, and he's like, "Why is nobody?" Uh, he's like, "Why doesn't anybody have furniture?" He's like walking by, and he sees the doors open in these apartments. Everybody's sitting on the floor. He goes, "Why? Why is nobody sitting on furniture?" And the kid goes, "Oh, because you need to sit below the windows." And he goes, why are you sitting below the windows? And the kid goes, bullets. And it was just like, yeah, something crazy. That you yeah, it was like, geez, man, it's and, and I know it's just a dramatization of, of, but I'm sure that that's how it's like many times or in many places. And so, I mean, that's yeah, it, that's kind of that that I don't know, that urban poverty. So, so I, I think it's important to say that there's different types of poverty that you talk about, and. Some of these, well, we're going to talk about the mindset, a, a, a poor mindset. And sometimes this is taught to you by your parents. Sometimes this is just learned over time. And this is these are ways that can help you break out of that poverty. But it's not the only ways or it's not the only way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do need assistance uh, from someone to just give you a chance or to give you help, help you with a leg up. Now, I'm not, uh, you know. I think that there's a balance of specifically when you talk about the government and, and what types of services they should provide to people and how much versus the personal responsibility of these people themselves. I mean, that's a, that's a whole argument in itself. Yeah. But I think that generally you're never going to get anywhere out of, out of poverty if you don't change your mindset. That is a fact. And that's one thing that <clears throat> Dave Ramsey kind of says that there's three types of poverty. He said there's there's uh, there's just absolute poverty, which is when we talked about living in a third world country. That's just terrible. And I know a lot of people don't like Dave Ramsey, but uh, some I like I like a decent amount of stuff that he says. Uh, another one is uh, poverty that's basically pushed on people, um, maybe poverty of oppression, and then poverty of uh, making bad financial decisions. Um, maybe the pushed on people like you push it down on your kids. And your parents yeah. pushed it on you, like generational poverty yep. like you talked about. Yep, definitely. And it really kind of fit into those ones that I talked about before. Um, and 
really like like you were saying, Jared, it's it's definitely it's that mindset. It's that mindset of yes, there are certain human and physical needs that people have. Uh, you you need money to buy food. You need to have shelter. You need to have access to clean water. Like th- there are certain human rights and needs that people that people have that need to get satisfied. Um, but do you need a eighty five inch four thousand dollar TV when you can't pay your bills? Do you need satellite dish? Do you need satellite? Do you need do you need the the newest? iPhone 15 or whatever that's out when you know you, you can't put food on the table for your kids. Obama phone, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so that to me is the is the mindset. Is it oh, it's going to get given to me? Oh, I'm going to I don't need to worry about my food because the government's going to give it to me and so I can just spend the money that I do have or that I do earn on things that you know, maybe I don't need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. So it's all about, that is absolutely correct. And so we're talking about people who are in that mindset. One of the things I've always said is like people who buy lottery tickets, you know, I, I, the lottery is a tax on the stupid. Literally. That's why people lobby against doing lotteries. They object to having lotteries in certain areas because Statistically, the people who get taken advantage of the most are the poor people who are spending an unproportionate amount of their money on lottery tickets trying to get rich, trying to hit it big Yeah, because they're stupid and they don't understand the odds. So really, when you bring a lottery into an area, the, it hurts the poor people. Yeah, It doesn't hurt the rich people. It hurts the poor people. And you can put it under the guise of like, oh, well, this is going towards education. Yeah, but you're hurting the poorest people. You're targeting the stupidest, the poorest people to, to get this money. So when people win that... They're already stupid. They already don't know how to manage their money because they're buying lottery tickets. And guess what? Ninety percent of the time, they end up blowing it all anyway. That kind of falls into that um, that oppression category, I think. Because I mean, you look at some. You go into a poor area, and what are the, what is what are you going to see on every corner? You're going to see, you know, check into cash, liquor stores. Check into cash. You're going to say liquor stores. You're going to say, you know, uh, uh, title pond places. You're going to be seeing all these different types of things where you can go and you can get. Um, you know, early paycheck loans and all this different kind of stuff. Oh yeah, you 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 come in and basically they'll you go into this place. You say, I need 150 bucks right now, and they say, Okay, sign over your next paycheck to us, and then whenever you get it, basically we'll take our 150 dollars back plus 100 dollars, <laughs> yeah, plus 48 percent interest. Oh yeah, and these people are like, and and that's that is preying on the 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 basically the poor in that situation because they know they need it maybe they do need a hundred dollars right now maybe they have an emergency or maybe they just i don't know maybe they don't understand that you know, you, you you would not catch a rich person would eat dirt before they would go do a title loan a company. title loan company and say you know especially uh, when they're like oh actually i know a guy who started a title loan company and he's like yeah i'm charging he's like the rates that i charge it was like a hundred to two hundred percent APR. Yeah. He's like some of the other ones that are out there charge three hundred to four hundred percent. He's like, so I'm way below like what these other guys are charging. It's crazy. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's kind of sad, but really, it's it's almost preying on on 
on the, the poor mentality, right? And, well, and, and, are people who don't know any better? Yeah, they're uninformed. Whether it's a lack, maybe it's a lack of education, and and you know maybe it's a lack of understanding. And I don't think it's education as far as like school education. I think it's almost parental education. Oh, every you know financial. They don't teach you that in yeah. school. They don't teach you that. What are they going to teach you in school? Don't go to freaking title loan companies. Yeah, they're not going to teach you. Yeah, it's just yeah. especially in college. You're not going to learn in high school. You know, all these people who are impoverished didn't go to college. That's part of the reason why they are impoverished. Yeah. So really, w- w- one of the last things I wanted to say on on just that poor mentality is there's there's two words right there, and, and this is another thing that Dave Ramsey says. He says there's poor and there's broke. Right. Poor is a mentality. Poor is a state of mind. Being broke is just a I'm passing through type situation. <laughs> and it's just, he, this is funny. He says this a lot of times, but he goes, he goes, I've been so broke that I couldn't even pay attention. <laughs> right. As a jokester, man. Yeah. It's just like, I've been so broke. I couldn't even pay attention. And so it's, it's different. Broke is not having money. Poverty is a, a, a mindset. Poverty is this. I'm going to, what I'm, I'm here now. So this is, these are five signs that you have a poverty mindset. And you know what? You have all these. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, oh, dang. I was oh, writing oh, these down. I was oh, like, dang it. <laughs> I, I almost erased all every single one. Else. I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> right? It's okay. So not all of these. And I think, <laughs> I, I think there's, there's, well, there's a time and place that we have all been susceptible to every single one of these things. Yeah, yeah. But number one is lack of ambition. You lack ambition. I wouldn't say lack ambition, but you lack ambition. Number two is you are pessimistic and self-pitying. This is terrible. I'm never going to get anywhere. The man's keeping me down. Blah, 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 blah. You know, just, yeah, yeah. No, just miserable to be around. Pessimistic and self-pitying. The 1% is keeping me down. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, X group of people are keeping me down, you know. Yep. Number three is you are d- a deeply jealous person. Just anyone else's success just makes you fuming angry. Mm-hmm. You know, they they, can, they can't. Why do they have success and I don't have success? I've fallen into that before. We talked about that on the podcast. We have talked about yeah. that. And so you're, you are a deeply jealous person. You, you, you can't... Um, you can't celebrate someone else's successes. Yeah. Number four of five. This number four is you make decisions based on fear. Um, maybe that. Oh well, I might not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy this now because I might not be able to buy it later. I'm gonna do this. You know. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get this because it might not be there later. Um, so make decisions based on fear, and then the last one is you focus on what you do not have not on what you do have. Um, yeah. You know, oh, my my three-bedroom or my two-bedroom house is, is, uh, you know, I wish I had an eight-bedroom house. I wish I had heated floors in my bathroom. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> that you know what? Heated floors in the bathroom would be nice. My wife would love that. But you know what? That's a good goal. My feet get sweaty very easily. Yeah, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, that's a good goal. But... At the same point, it's like, you know, we need to appreciate what we currently have. Yeah. And it is it is not wrong to want more. Yeah. It is not wrong to be, you know, the first one is you lack ambition. It is not wrong to be ambitious and to desire more for your family. Yeah, I would like, you know, to ha- I would like to have six cars and then they could choose which car I want to drive today. 
you know, that would be awesome. But I am extremely lucky that I have a car that I can drive that is reliable and that works and gets me from A to B. And so that, uh, you know, focusing on what you don't have as compared to what you do have is that poverty mindset. Absolutely. So I have a list here and I'm talking about the rich mindset in here. And I'm going to kind of run through a, a list of examples how the rich contrast to the poor. Or when I say rich, I, I'm meaning wealthy or rich, those who have that different mindset. So rich or wealthy people, uh, they make money work for them. Uh, everybody has the same amount of time within a day. So really what the wealthy are trying to do is they're trying to maximize that amount of time by hiring employees or hiring or getting some type of passive income to where they're not having to trade their hours, their time for money. So, I mean, think what's the best, the biggest job in the world that pays the most hourly? I mean, you think about like maybe like an underwater welder, you know, he's going to make a lot of money per hour or even like a, like a doctor, a doctor is very specialized. He could earn a lot of money per hour, but that doesn't compare to doctors who own practices who own, uh, you know, methodologies or, or treatment styles and, and, and like they expand themselves through employees and that is what wealth, the wealthy do. Uh, the, um, the, all this is, this is, if you ever read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it kind of talks about a lot of these principles. Very good. Uh, the next one is rich people invest their money and poor people spend their money. Uh, the risk, one of the quotes that I, I found that I write, says, Poor mindset immediately sees, okay, well, let me read this. It says, rich mindset seeks to spend their time, resources, and energy on work that continues to pay off long after the effort has been invested. Rich mindset is all about being getting the flywheel spinning or building momentum, creating a systems that continue to generate value on their own, whereas a poor mindset immediately sees a surplus of surplus as an opportunity for consumption. Ooh, you made... X more dollars a month. Let's go buy this or let's go buy this. That's that poor mindset. Let's go get the, you know, the newest iPhone, like we said. Yeah. And that can be very tempting, you know, like every single one of my be. neighbors has gotten a pool over COVID. It seems like at least like five of them have. And it's like, I want a pool now, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it can be tempting. So uh, the next one here is rich people continually learn. Uh, take at least one hour a day. We talked about that in one of our earlier episodes about building that mastery. Learn uh, to improve yourself over time. Some statistics here. 24.5% of Americans haven't read a book in the past two years, and about 55% of Americans haven't read a book in the past year. That's shocking. So it's not going to take much to get get yourself ahead of, of half the people in the U.S., no wonder the wealth is concentrated into like the top ten percent or top one percent. Fifty percent of the people are just watching freaking Netflix, not doing squat. Um, if you think about it, like if you go a little bit further down the rabbit hole, maybe that's the whole purpose. The the rich and wealthy are trying to get the rest of us distracted with video games, with uh, Netflix, with uh, you know pornography or drinking, or, or all these different things so that all of our time and energies are just spent spinning and spinning and spinning, and it's not on anything productive so that yeah. they can reap the benefits. So that's a little bit of a down the rabbit hole with Jared Thomas. <laughs> um, the next one. You'll never come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, rich know the road to being wealthy is not easy, so it's fraught with... Um, 
difficulties. You have to overcome problems. Poor people let problems get them down. And that goes back to what we talked about in an earlier episode about having your why be the most critical thing. And if you have, if your why of why you're doing things is so important to you, then you're easily able to overcome uh, problems and issues that may come along. But if your motivation is that, you know, if your why is kind of a lower scale, if, if your why is just to not be embarrassed or, or just to look cool in front of your friends, if any problem comes up or, or if you just, if your emotions turn one day, then you're going to just give up that thing yeah. very easily. And so you let poor, poor minded people let uh, emotions drag them down. And also other poor minded people. You think about the, have you ever heard the analogy of the bucket of crabs? Where if you have a bucket oh, of crabs, yeah, yeah. if one tries to climb out, the others will pull it down. Yeah, they'll grab it. and So if you're in, if you're in a community or like that or you have people like that around you, that's what you're going to be. And so that's so so important. Rich people are future oriented, delayed gratification. Yep. Uh, buy stocks when they're low. They're like, oh, I'm gonna buy this stock when I'm when it's low. I'm gonna sacrifice today so that I can live better tomorrow. That delayed gratification. That's something I'm trying to teach my boys. Is about delayed gratification versus immediate gratification. So important. Um. Yeah. Um. One thing I'll add in there <clears throat> that I think is huge on that too is that I think a, a, a rich or wealthy mindset is one of the things you can do to, to build that is to do uh, gratitude exercises, to yeah. have, a, have, an, have an attitude of gratitude in, in everything that you do. Be appreciative of where you are. Be thankful f- for, for those around you. Be, um, you know, e- even, even if it's hard to find something that makes you grateful find those things yep the next one is they have clear goals and targets we talked about that many times if you have a step-by-step guide of where you want to get to it's a lot easier to get to those goals Uh, the poor have nothing to look forward to they have no action plan they have no goal we talked about that many times where just you're just a ship just going in the ocean without any rudder you're just no direction no compass you're just just going and that's not going to get you anywhere you gotta have goals the wealthy venture outside of their comfort zone. That is where growth occurs, is outside of your comfort zone. Poor people stay, in, stay within their comfort zone, and they just don't venture out. They don't meet new people. They don't go learn new things. Uh, they don't get uncomfortable to learn new things, and so that is an important thing. Uh, also, we talk about taking risks. Uh, the wealthy take calculated risks and say, I'm going to calculate my risk, this risk, and I'm going to put some money towards this. And yes, there is a chance that I could lose this money, but it's a calculated risk, and I want to make that. Whereas the poor are like super cautious. I can't lose this money, you know. I'm put fearf- it on, put it under the mattress. I'm fearful, so I'm going to hoard it. I'm going to put it in my savings account, and then inflation is going to eat it away, you know. Yeah. Um, the next one here is the. Uh, I said this earlier, kind of my conspiracy theory. The wealthy are innovators rather than consumers. Uh, challenge yourself to create value to others. And, and that's kind of, I think, part of the reason why we started this podcast is yeah. I wanted to be a creator of something, a creator of content, a creator of something to, to build something, put something out there into the world and not just be a consumer because you know I, I consume other podcasts and I listen to things, but to also be putting things out there, uh, I think it that is a wealthy mindset. I, I completely agree. Um, let's see. Uh, having a good reputation and uh, valuing reputation, you know, someone who's poor, they may not value their reputation, so they'll just maybe steal from you, and they don't value their personal brand of their building. 
and also valuing your time. Don't idle away your time doing non-productive things. Uh, you know, one of the last kind of things here is a poor mindset is I can't afford it. or we, we can't afford that. Whereas a rich mindset is how can we afford that? It's like, I mean, if I wanted to go buy a pool right now and put a pool in my backyard, I could I could buy that. But it's like, well, I would have to maneuver what extra jobs would I have to do? What would I have to, what lengths would I have to go to? I, I'm just like, I know that I can achieve things. It's just, am I willing to put in the amount of work? And is that pool going to be worth it to me? Is getting a pool going to be worth cashing out a lot of the money that I have in the stock market to put into the, to a pool that's not going to appreciate and value really? That's going to be yeah. a constant maintenance thing. I have to be checking, Is it worth the investment? We're going to have to be checking chlorine levels every freaking day. You know, it's just like, I don't know if I want all that mess. So that that's that's kind of the differences there between the, the poor and then the um, wealthy mindset. Yeah, I uh, I have a story that kind of goes along with some of those things. So I was um, when I was in college, uh, I did a well, let's just call it summer sales, right? So I was did door to door door knocking summer sales. I was selling security systems and and home automation systems for this company and we uh, I was in California for the majority of the time but we were in Northern California and w- we were up in <clears throat> uh, Crescent City which is really close to the uh, the border and in Northern California and w- basically what the whole premise was is they would drop us off in a neighborhood and then we would go and knock all the doors in the neighborhood and we would sell them security systems and home automation systems that they could connect to their phones and control their lights and their doors and their yada, yada, yada. Um, so I was in this one neighborhood and it was a pretty, I mean, it was a wealthy, it was a to-do neighborhood. And these lots, they were really big lots. They were like two-acre lots. I mean, a really big is relative, but for a neighborhood, two-acre lots are pretty big. And just nice brick houses and... Um, I had had a couple sales in that neighborhood. Uh, they were definitely people that were interested. Um, and so I uh, had just had a sale and I was talking with a guy and, and we were just sitting there chatting a little bit. And um, I go, what about that house over there? There was a house over in the corner that it was a huge house and it sat on like, I don't know, like maybe five acre corner lot. And I was like, what about that house? What's going on with that house over there? And I was like, do you think they would be interested? And um, in order to, unless you just, well, in order to ap- qualify for the security system and like the, the monthly payment or whatever, you had to have a decent credit, right? Unless you just prepaid everything, which was like thousands and thousands of dollars, which nobody ever did. Um, but in order to qualify, you had to have decent credit. And I said, well, what about that guy over there? Do you think, you know, they'd be interested in the security system? And the guy was like, oh, He's like, you don't want to talk to them. And I was like, what do you mean? And he goes, um, and I don't want to slander anybody, but uh, he goes, those, he said, that family, he said, there's a couple families that actually live there. And he said, those are the, there's like the last remaining two or three families of this um, Native American population. And... They used to live on that land or something like that, or what? No, so basically they, I can't even remember the name of the the, the nation, right, or the, the tribe that they that they belong to, 
but there's only like they used to own land in the area or whatever and basically they had an agreement with the government because yeah. the government you know took their land uh, or took the land that they were on um, uh-huh. and they were paying the government well it the was, was it was paying a, them a mixture of they were paying the or the government was paying them and they had a casino that also g- gave them um like dividends or profits or whatever uh-huh. but each member of the tribe received like $30,000 a month holy moly why wouldn't you want to talk to them every single member of the tribe received $30,000 a month and the guy said that you know for years for i mean ever since for the past i don't know however long 100 years or whatever they've been receiving this this amount of money not the same as $30,000 but it's grown with inflation and stuff like that but basically he said they go out and he said they probably get two or three cars repoed every month oh he was like God. they spend so much money that, that that they don't even care like what happens i mean they they go out and they'll they'll just put a down payment on something and he said they'll go buy a Lamborghini. They'll put a down payment on a Lamborghini and they'll uh, they'll get it, they'll bring it home and they'll drive it through the field and then they'll just leave it out and they'll just leave the doors, you know, leave the doors open, leave the cars on it whenever they're done with it or whenever they pop all the tires and they'll just leave it out there and then just go back home and they'll just walk away from it. And and then he said and then a couple of weeks later they'd have, you know, somebody who come and repo the Lamborghini. Or they would buy, you know, all these kinds of, I mean, so many toys and everything else. He said they'd build ramps for these razors and these, you know, $100,000 machines and stuff like that. He's like, and then they just jump them and trash them and then just leave them there. Jeez, man. And he's like, they just have like a graveyard of stuff that they just spend this money like crazy and then have just complete disregard for whatever. And And why? I was like, why do they do that? I was like, how is it even, I mean... How's it even possible? He goes, because they know for a fact that next month they're going to get another check for $30,000. And they're just going to do the same thing over and over and over again. And it was just crazy. For me, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't understand that mentality. And the whole thing was he was saying, I actually went over there and I knocked on the door. Nobody answered. There was people home. Nobody answered. Um, huh. The guy said that they were just like terrible neighbors. He said they didn't care about anybody. They were just... Like just trash, just like leave trash everywhere, and I mean, he he just said, not because of who they were. He just said, you know, yeah, just yeah. The, the spe- I'm not saying because they were Native Americans, they were trashy or whatever, but I'm just saying the the specific people that lived in that house. Um, you know, it, there was no, I don't know, there was just like so comfortable that it was just like their mindset was almost nothing ever even matters and it's it was almost like they had a poor mindset in in wealth yeah. and just completely like all those things you talked about how you know uh, making money work for you and creating something whatever else it was the complete opposite of that it how, was how wealthy could they have been how, how wealthy could they be if they had to spend their money wisely yeah you know yeah it was just instead it instead of a create and grow and progress it was consume 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 accomplish do you know it was just like trash everything else and 
it, it was just really weird to kind of see that. I had never really seen that uh, that kind of carelessness with money before. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. One of the things I want to talk about here is we talk about when you, when you talk about this type of rich versus poor mindset, I think it's important to talk about the scarcity versus abundance mindset. Uh, and they're kind of two, they're very correlated, I think, with uh, poor versus a, a wealthy mindset. So was first I want to talk about the scarcity. Well, I'll talk about, I'll talk about both of them. First is a scarcity mindset. So the worldview is that everything that needs, everything that's needed for the future survival and progress is getting scarcer or running out. Nothing positive is getting bigger or better. So the number one thing would you be, one example would be like a zero sum. Uh, there's only so that this would be like there's only so much of everything available in the world for everybody. If someone does well, it must it will must be at the expense of everyone else who's doing poorly. So that on a scarcity mindset versus someone who has an abundance mindset, um, their worldview would be, for example. Everything important is getting bigger and better as a result of capabilities that make things faster, easier, cheaper. So, whereas a scarcity person would think zero sum, other people would think uh, an exponential. So, tools, systems, and networks create new areas of personal and general expansion in which the factors of growth continually multiply each other. So, the you know, think about zero sum and people. This is like a almost like a victim mentality. It's like, well, you're. If you're successful, that's taken away from me. And so I, yeah. I, I've been victim. I, I've had that mentality sometimes, especially around, you know, like in some of the, the tech IT field, like data science, IT fields, uh, a lot of the jobs get outsourced. And sometimes I have felt like the zero sum, I've had that zero sum mindset. It's like, well, either the job goes to me or the job goes o- overseas. Uh, and so th- th- having a changing that to be an exponential, like why can't it be overseas and here? And why can't we both just flourish? That's, that's a new mindset that I need to adopt. I've, I've felt that way before about, and I think we talked about this before, but like professional athletes. Yeah. It's like, man, this kid just coming out of college, you know, signed a, a $15 million contract with this NBA team because he's seven feet tall. It's just like, man, you know, that just really grinds my gears. You know, it's just like that, you know, that kind of, he's taken away from me. But, I mean, really, he's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, his salary does not affect me one way or another. I mean, he could go broke or he could be worth billions and it wouldn't change me. Yeah. But I'm still like, no, nah, maybe it goes back to that jealousy thing. Yeah. But. Well, I just, I was listening to a podcast on the way up, uh, way up to your house this evening and I was listening to the guy and he said that, in the year 2020, basically, the, there was like the num the number of podcasts out there was like 600,000 podcasts worldwide, and that, that increased by 100,000 in 2020. Ours is included in that statistic. Really? And he's like, well, he's like, that doesn't necessarily make me. Mad. And I just I liked his mindset. He said that doesn't make me mad because the more people that listen to podcasts, that there's means that there's, there's seven billion people on the earth. That's just the more exposure that mine might get. More potential for them to stumble upon our, our and, podcast. Yeah, so I, I like that mindset. Instead of saying like, oh man, like there's more people listening, creating their own podcast, that means less people are going to be listening to mine because there's so many other options. No, his was like, oh, the popularity of podcasts is growing so much that more people are going to be paying attention 
and more people can come. Listen I like to that. Very, I, I, I very like true. That. So another one, another example here of a, a scarcity mindset is depletion, where all the natural resources that are su- that support life on the planet are being depleted, and there is no way uh, they can be replaced. Shortages are increasing everywhere. I mean, talk about right now. There's a lo- a lumber shortage. There's a housing so- shortage. There's a shortage of masks. There's a shortage of vaccine. There's people are crying this every single day. Yeah. Or as a as opposed to the other abundance mindset, which is ingenuity. There are increasing opportunities for more individuals to create new practical solutions and breakthroughs that become immediately useful for many others. So very different. Uh, the last one here I'll share is that. Uh, you know, a scarcity mindset. This is kind of goes down to the victim mentality. Kind of maybe what you were talking about too about this this teenage kid making millions of bucks. Also, did you hear that the NCAA uh, now they'll let basketball high school basketball players earn money? Whereas high school or college? College. Yeah. College. Previously, they couldn't earn any money. Yeah. Well, it all went to the university. Yeah, and or the NCAA like for like video game endorsements and stuff like that. Yeah. But like now they can actually make money. So they're all trying to figure out how that's going to work. So very interesting. Hmm. Uh, so this one is unfairness. So people think that, oh, it's unfair. So resources and capabilities and opportunities are unfairly distributed among the global population. The 1%. Uh, radical change is needed to redistribute everything on a fairer basis. Where have you heard that? Several politicians have talked about redistribution of wealth. Yeah. Uh, so that is opposed to the abundance mindset where you have opportunity. More and more individuals have the ability to combine their cap- capabilities with others in ways that continually make their future bigger than their pasts. There has never been an op- uh, I think that with the advent of the internet and with all that is available to us today, especially in America, you know, I can't speak for other countries because I don't know quite what their situation is, but there's never been a better opportunity to start a business or for you to get that things going. But I would also say that there has never been more distractions, like we talked about earlier, that would distract you and keep you idle from uh, from seeking after your goals. There's lots of shows out yeah. there on Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and Peacock and uh, Apple TV and all these things that are endlessly coming out that can just keep you distracted forever. So uh, that was, uh, I completely agree with that opportunity. And and that's one of the things that kind of, for me, when we're talking about that poor mentality is how do you get out of that? How do you break that trend was education. And in today's day and age, I mean, I could pull up 50 different financial literacy YouTube channels that have great information. And if you don't have free information, free information, and if you don't have, you know, access to a computer at home or whatever else, then you, you know, go to library. Go to library, yeah, the library, and you can watch it at the library. Or, you know, every in this day and age, everybody's got a cell phone, you know, and, and go to McDonald's and sit at McDonald's, use their free Wi-Fi, and watch YouTube videos and figure, you know, figure it out. Take notes, study, you know, learn. There's so much stuff out there to, to, uh, you know not use your you know not use your your situation as an excuse anymore yeah totally i think though that sometimes like you and i for example we 
I mean, we research all these topics. We talk about these things. We research all this stuff. But yeah. yet, in all this stuff, we still say, I mean, heck, the list you read off, you're like, oh, geez, I think I'm actually guilty of all of this. <laughs> yeah. And so I would say that we are, I'm highly educated. You know, I have a master's degree. You have a bachelor's degree. I mean, you're high, you're also very much educated. You have a great job. We are both very educated people, and yet we still, in some ways, have some of these mindsets. I talked about earlier how I have that zero-sum mindset sometimes. Yeah. And I think that this is, I mean, you can research and read and get educated all you want, but you've got to make a conscious effort to have the right mindset or it, it just is not going to work for you. And so uh, education is important, but also practical application uh, is important as well. Because no matter what level you're at, you could always fall into this. Even if you're making $30,000 a month, you could have you know, this poverty mindset absolutely. Or even if you were highly, yeah. highly educated, you know, you could have a poverty mindset. I guess one thing I heard once somewhere was like, if education correla- correlated to uh, the amount of money that you're going to make, how come all the PhDs aren't making, you know, unbelievable billions of dollars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Every PhD should be making <clears throat> all the money. Yeah. So uh, th- this is, this episode has been really good. I've loved going through all these examples. Hopefully you guys have been able to gather some good insights here. Let's talk about our quotes. So we each share, we each read a quote. Uh, my quote is becoming wealthy starts with your mindset without the proper mental direction. You will sabotage yourself. Yeah. That direction is important. Mine starts uh, in your mind. Yep. Mine says, uh, though your situation might seem hopeless, do not lose hope in yourself. Educate yourself and become better. So, yeah, very good. Very good. I think both of those are kind of optimistically looking at you. You are the controller of your own path. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, you. Sometimes people are given certain hurdles that they must overcome that are uh, seemingly not their fault. Um, it's not their fault they were born into a certain situation. It's not their fault they were born into a certain country, or it's not their fault that they were born with a disability, or it's not their fault that completely understand that. Um, but stay optimistic, stay stay hopeful, and 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 be confident in who you are and and what you what your potential is. Yeah, I'm actually going to do kind of a shout out at this point. Or, or, or just a kind of a, a call to action. I, I've been looking at kind of some of the statistics for our, our podcast, and we've got some people that are listening to our podcast from Zimbabwe, from Iraq, from countries in Africa that I've never even really even considered that anybody would ever be listening to our podcast. Uh, so if you are from one of these places that is outside the United States, that is, you know, if you're from Russia or or, or or some, Argentina. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not that Argentina is a third world country, but I'm just saying it's it's different from where we are and what yeah. we're used to. You have, you might have a different perspective on this, or you might have a story about how you broke out of this poverty mindset, or might be, maybe you just have some interesting experiences that are different from what our experiences are. If that is the case, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear you. We'd love to have you on the podcast and maybe talk about some of your life experiences living outside. We've interviewed a couple people from outside. We've lived interviewed uh saltwater sean from our canada canadian border our canadian northern border. neighbor we've interviewed uh uh cody 
from he was in Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan, yeah. And then I think that's he's American in Kyrgyzstan, but still he's lived there for many years. Yeah, we interviewed well the virtuous man with Jamie. He's from Ireland, but he's lives in the U.S. now. Yeah. But we haven't interviewed very many people outside the United States, so that might be cool. Um, so you can reach out to us on Instagram uh, at a.brothers.creed. If you don't have Instagram in your country, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but uh, you can reach out to us by email at abrotherscreed dot, uh, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have an interesting story to tell or you just have some interesting experiences from your country that you might think that would be interesting for our audience to hear, reach out to us. We'd love to talk about that and and to have you on so uh, thank you guys for listening we really appreciate you, you listening to our podcast and we really appreciate all the support that we've been getting and and just seeing you know the amount of people that listen to the podcast and and seeing that number and it's not just a number to us we really do appreciate how many people listen and how many people uh, truly week to week download wish, our episodes and listen I, I wish we could get like a list of names of everyone who like listens to the podcast like every listen is tied to a name it's not but so we uh, could send you a thank you yeah, note, so not we so we <laughs> could make sure you're listening so we could send you a thank you and say hey you know what thank you for listening to that podcast exactly um but anyway uh, thank you guys for joining today also we have if you don't know we have additional podcasts on uh, additional podcast episodes available through patreon it's five bucks a month to jump on there and we only have one level uh it's called the loyalist and you can get on there and you can pay for it's a paid service and you get two uh exclusive episodes a month and it's pretty cool and you can easily listen to it on your phone through the patreon app and we release episodes on the 10th and the 20th of each month we'll send you a cool decal sticker and you get to see all the prior episodes i think we're at this point we're probably maybe on episode eight or nine depending on when this, this comes out yeah and they're good episodes, too. Yeah, they are. So All uh, our episodes are good, but... Of course. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys again, and let's go out and build that creed together. All right, let's do it. <laughs>